Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome back to my podcast. I'm finally back. Um, shout out to anyone that was, like, thinking about the podcast when I never uploaded one. I've just been mad busy, like, going through a lot of changes in my life and shit. So, uh, I finally got, like, a legit mic. Shout out to my boy Dan, hooking that up for me. That was awesome. Secret Santa's a lot of fun. So, um, you know, it's good to have friends because you can have awesome Secret Santa gift exchanges and shit. Um, but yeah, so I got like a legit mic. Uh, I just sent the podcast to iTunes to try to get it on the iTunes podcast app kind of thing. Um, so that's kind of cool. So this one will probably be uploaded to SoundCloud, but I don't have a SoundCloud membership. Don't plan on it anytime soon. So if it's on the iTunes podcast app, that's fucking lit because that means you can just click the podcast app on your phone and listen to it. And that makes it easier for everyone on Android. Um, you will be I. I'm still uploading it to SoundCloud. Just my previous episodes you won't be able to find on SoundCloud. So if you know me personally, just hit me up and I'll like send them to you if you have a deep burning desire to listen to them. Um, anyways, yo, yeah, that being said, I'm here with my boy Connor Gulick. Uh, yeah, he's studied English at SUNY New Paltz. Um, and, you know, he's working on his third degree right now, um, and he's one of my best friends. We have a lot of deep talks throughout the years just about shit, um, and he's just someone I've been wanting to bring on for a minute, um, and people know how real he is, how smart he is, so, uh, Connor, what's good, bro? Welcome to my podcast. Oh, thanks, Nick, man. It's great to be here. I'm, I'm glad. looking forward to this for a while. Bro, I'm yeah, glad. I know. I know. I've been looking forward to having you on and shit, because we were just talking about, like, a lot of podcast related material before I started the podcast and I was like, all right, we need to slow down because we want to save some yeah, shit for the right. podcast. Like, like no interesting discussion before the, the podcast starts recording. But that's the whole point. Like that's how you know it's just like someone to have a good to have a podcast with because you just pulled up we were chilling for like ten minutes and we we're just talking about fucking the Sumerians and yeah, shit like yeah. that. That's interesting stuff. And I think that's like the w- one of the most important qualities that determines if I'll be friends with someone is just like how naturally you can get into a good conversation. Yeah. That's been true of like, you just, I think that is like the basis for a lot of friendships. hundred percent. Like it's not about compatibility per se. It's just like how quickly do you get into a flow? Right. Conversation. How natural is the flow? You know what I mean? Cause you, you really fun conversations and look, I try to be as authentic as I can with people, but there's some conversations that you realize you and the other person, you realize there's something not there, and you realize that you get you're creating like a dialogue. You're creating this generic dialogue, yeah. and it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like had this weird like burning feeling in you where it's like this just doesn't feel right, and you don't get a good impression of the person. Yeah, and and they don't get a good impression of you. Exactly, they don't. Yeah. When, when you follow scripts, yeah. it doesn't really allow for mm-hmm. individual traits to kind of shine through. Yeah, no, you're, I think you're hundred percent right. And that's, I, I was, one of the things I was thinking about is the, so I did acid a few weeks ago. I don't know if I can say that on the podcast. But, no, you say but, anything, only right, say yeah. shit, <laughs> only say shit. I always say this to all, all the guests. If you don't want anything on the podcast, then don't say it. But if you say it, then you're down for people to hear it. You know what I mean? That's true. Fun. All right. So I may or may not have done acid a few weeks ago. <laughs> and uh, one thing I realized is that when it comes to social interactions and situations, the, the structure is more important than the content and so like if you're having a conversation where both people are passionate and they're they're speaking a lot because they have a lot to say yeah and it's flowing that's like the structure it doesn't matter what you're talking about yeah and i don't know it's just uh 
Nah, it really, I, it really is like that because even with like people like, I mean, me and you will have like some really structured conversations, but even with like some close friends, even like people that I'm naturally just cool with at my job or whatever, wherever I work, like I can have some of the most shallow conversations, but like they're not like weird conversations, you know, because the structure is there of the social yes. interaction. Like yeah. we're just like, we just like fuck with each other. You know what I mean? We can like naturally flow about shit and just like talk about whatever, but it, it doesn't really matter what we're talking about. But then there's some people no. I think where I try to focus, I even try this too. I try to focus too much on like what we're talking about and not rather like I'll find I'll like blurt in and interrupt them when they're about to talk and they'll do the same thing to me. Cause like, we don't know how to react to each other, and there's something just not natural there. Right, right. A lot of, less stutters and, and pauses and stuff. Yeah, I, I wonder. It's weird because I wonder if like, I was thinking about this. I just got the iPhone eight, so like I have, I have been a proponent in my life where I'm like, dude, like I really understand that our society is going down this path where we're addicted to our phones and technology. Oh, yeah. and so and everyone knows it subconsciously, and me too. I'm one of those people. But I got a new phone, so it's like a new, shiny, faster-moving object in front of my face. And I'm mm -hmm. totally addicted to it, bro. And, I mean, it, it, me personally, based on who I am, I don't think it affects me socially. But if you're already a social hermit, and then you're constantly mm. addicted to your phone, and that's all you experience social interaction through, that can't help develop your brain to have a good flow of conversation when you're looking someone in the eyes. Like, there's no way that could have a good influence. No, it doesn't. And I wonder, like... I, I don't know about you, but I don't really know a lot of people who are, like, a few years younger than myself, like, mm -hmm. the, the, the next generation. Yeah. I wonder if it's noticeable, like, if there's differences, and I'm sure maybe, maybe mm -hmm. for us, for people who are a few years older, like, yeah. they feel the same way, like, mm -hmm. do people make less eye contact yeah. when they grew up with phones, like, do they not? I don't know, it's hard to assess things that apply to a whole generation like that, but... I think yeah. it's definitely having some kind of effect. Yeah, no, I I, I agree it's having an effect. And I also agree with what you're saying. It's hard to see because it's all the perspective of the generation. Like, we see how it affects people our age and probably a little bit older. Like, within, like, a three-year age range, right? But exactly, bro, like, I don't know. I don't have a big family or nothing. I don't know any 14-year-olds right now. Mm -hmm. Like, really know. So I'm like... All I know is a lot of fourteen year olds. What are you like in ninth grade or something? You're a freshman in high school. Yep. They probably all have phones, and really? they probably yeah. yo fourteen. You were it's twenty eighteen. You were born in fuck, dude. You were born in two thousand four. Oh Jesus, my God. wow, that's Jesus <laughs> Christ, madness. That sounds so weird. But think you were born in two thousand four. You grew up by two, YouTube was out in two thousand six, and I was on YouTube in two thousand six when I was like eleven. So think you grow up with that technology of just instant gratification of this and that yeah, there's and no so, need like there's so much connectivity um because like i don't know the, the way i think about it is i didn't get a smartphone until i went i was in college right. so all of high school i just had the basic like texting and calling really yeah and but that's unthinkable now like everybody almost every high school freshman i guarantee yeah uh has an iphone or a droid 100%. and so it's like i don't i don't know what that experience is like with a smartphone, but yeah. it's got to be different. Like, it's... Damn, yo. I'm kind of lucky that I think, even though I may have wanted it, I didn't have, like, a like, touchscreen phone until, like, late high school, college time. Because, like, fuck, man, like, that would have been just kept me in such more of a shell. And think, already think growing so, up, yeah. man. Well, because, like, it, it makes it so much... Um, you can do so much more uh -huh. while you're staying in your shell. 
if you, yeah in the 90s if you were staying in your shell like you were just you know like there wasn't as much interaction yeah it's not like, like you can drown yourself in the internet yeah now it's like yeah exactly you can drown yourself in the internet it's infinite sources of content and knowledge and yeah, communication man. without having to physically do anything in the world exactly like you can literally get advice for something you could literally look up um like what is the symptoms for something you could literally find how to cook something. All you need is just the internet to do that. There was a time, we can't imagine it because us two in particular weren't alive, <laughs> but even adults, like I hear adults in my life talk about it, how like they kind of forget what it was like before having phones, before having the internet. It really stems back to before you have the internet because the phone is just a mini internet machine. Yeah. But um, it really stems back to them like you can't even imagine what it was like. Like, how the fuck did you get information? How did you, like, you just had books. You just had word of mouth through other people. Yeah. And fuck, man. Like, I, I can't imagine, like, living without that. Life would objectively be more difficult, I feel like. You know what I mean? Not saying it would be, like, more stressful, but, like, right. if you're like, all right, we got to figure out how we're going to get to this concert, and then we got to figure out um, when our friends are meeting us there. Yeah. Figure out how to get to the concert and figure out when your friends are meeting there would have been so much more difficult in 1984. Think yeah. about that. Well, I heard some, I was a Reddit comment, and it was like, yeah, you know, 20 years ago, if you said we're meeting here to go to the bar at 9, yeah. um, if somebody w wasn't there by 9.05, <laughs> they weren't going, and they would have to go to the bar directly or something. Fuck, man. Whereas now, it's yeah. like, oh, I'll be there 50 minutes late, and then someone else is going to be there late, and they have yeah. to do this and that, and then you won't go to the bar until 10.30. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, it, it enables you to be so much flakier. It, yeah, and you know what it is too. It, I guess it it does enable you to be less reliable in for mm. social interactions. Because also it's like, I mean, there's been times I'm responsible for this too. Like, let's say I don't know, you want to hang out with someone after work, someone you work with. You're like, yo, mm -hmm. yeah, you you want to go to the bar after work? Yeah, of course. Yeah, meet me there. And then you end up not being there. And then you just let's say you're tired. You text. You can just text them. Yo, man. Oh, or like, hey, like, I, I'm just tired, like, I'm just going to go home. They get it. They only get one beer and then they go home or something like that. Yeah. But in the past, if you didn't do that and you were, like, really that tired, you'd have to show up to the bar and be like, look, like, I'm tired, I'm there. going home. But if you show up to the bar, you're probably going to have a drink because you're already there. Or you had to go home and then the next day be like, next time you saw them, like, yo, my bad for flaking. And then they're like, yo, what the fuck? So it, it yeah. kind of, in a way, it does make it easier to be less reliable, you know? Right, and I think, like, uh, a lot of behaviors right now that we would consider, like, taking a risk or being adventurous or uh -huh. coming, going out of your comfort zone yeah. was just, like, an ordinary thing that you would do before phones and the internet. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like, I oh, see what I, you're saying. I didn't really know what the movie was about, but I saw it anyway. Or I didn't know what yeah. kind of show this was, but my friend said it was going to be cool, yeah. so I went. Whereas now, it's like, oh, I see who's going to this show. It's not really my crowd. Like, yeah. there's this girl that I used to know. Like, it's more of a hipster thing. Yep. Yeah. It's like all these... And, and you just, like, you pick all the uh, curiosity out of the situation before you can yeah. go and actually discover it bro you make excuses because you can find something else to do you can make it's easy to make excuses because you know what to expect yeah you know what i mean and you brought up a good point a few weeks ago about we were going to i guess we were going to some sh kind of show in the city and you're like bro yeah. you know what i didn't want to go but 
because uh, I had I could have done something else. I could have just been on the internet or something. But I was like, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna go. And exactly like having the phone or having the internet makes it so much easier to be like, you know what? I'm not gonna go to that social yeah. interaction because I could just stay home and be comfortable and like browse Reddit or play a game, and then I could just hop on Netflix until I pass out. Like it's so easy. But if you don't know what's gonna happen, you're like, you know what? I can either stay home and sit in my bedroom, and what am I gonna do? Maybe watch TV until the TV runs out of running cable at like midnight. Read mm-hmm. a book. Like, fuck no, yo! I'm trying to go out to a party. Like, why the fuck not? Who knows what's gonna happen tonight? You know? I mean, we can't. I'm still talking like I have the perspective of someone growing up in a time before the internet. I don't. Right, yeah. These are just under my assumptions what mm-hmm. it must have been like. But I think my ultimate point is it definitely creates this. Uh, this this generation among us where we're definitely a little bit more socially anxious than previous generations i feel like i think so i think i mean uh i'm not gonna make that point it seems like there are higher higher levels of people having anxiety or claiming to have anxiety and yeah yeah. all kinds of different mental disorders it seems like it could be because they were underdiagnosed in the past but it also could be created by these conditions i don't know well, let me throw this at you. Is it possible that people have always suffered from mental disorders, but with the invention of the internet and people interacting with people they don't even know, but being able to understand each other, that they're like, oh, like, you experienced that too? Yeah, me too. Like, what is that? Oh, that's like anxiety. Like, that's depression. Like, people have more of an understanding. Like, people don't have to go to a doctor to get clinically diagnosed no, anymore. they don't. Well, a clinically diagnosed, you do have to go to a doctor, yes, technically. But, like, but like, diagnosed. To, like, to self-diagnose and understand what they're going through, they don't have to go to a doctor. And, you know, they can come out and, like, say these I think it's definitely possible, your point, that... Um, like more people are suffering from these anxiety disorders and stuff because of the inventions that keep us comfortable mm-hmm. and keep us less socially calibrated as people but it's i think it's also possible too that like because we see other people going through the same thing more people are more outspoken about it you yeah know? i mean uh, what was the thing called there was some some mental glitch that i thought i had uh, uh and I was just kind of like Googling the symptoms. This was a few years ago. And I, I discovered this thing that perfectly explained yeah. the problem that I was having. And like the ability to do that is really like powerful. Because now like th- there's just so many more interactions between people and information or people and other people. So that it, if there's something that you don't know the name for or you have some problem, there's a name for it and you'll find it much more quickly yeah. with the internet. Um, you just, the ability to be aware of your own situation and put it into context. Like you can, it's not just like, oh, I'm feeling sad. I, I feel anxious when this happens and I second guess myself. In the past, maybe you just, you know, like it's a fault of your character. Right. But now you can look up, there are probably forums where it's just all people who have that talking about it and explaining it, talking about how to deal with it. Stuff like that. We take it for granted for sure. Yeah. We definitely because That's we look it up thing, but... we look it up and it's so easy to be like, Oh shit, like 
What is this rash for? Oh shit! Like, do I have the chicken pox? <laughs> well, uh, first of all, no, I don't have the fucking chicken pox. But if I had, like, it, let's say in a hypothetical situation that I had a rash and it was a chicken pox, I Google that shit and I can look at a picture on Google and put my arm up to the yeah. fucking monitor <laughs> and be like, oh shit, that's the chicken pox, and then I can be like, oh whatever, I'm gonna get the cure. But, dude, someone in the '80s, someone in the '70s would be like, oh shit. That was easy as hell. I save all this money. Yep. I'm driving to the doctor, talking to the doctor, buying antibiotics, yada yada yada. This, that, and the third. It's definitely something we take for granted, man. But I mean, just I think the the overall theme is that uh, information is not nearly as like rare or valuable. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah. yeah. Whereas in the past, like you would probably ask someone older than you, like your mom, like yeah. mom, what do you, what do you think this is? Huh. And your mom would be like, oh, I think that's chicken pox yeah and then that's like the best you can do is word of mouth it's like your mom is yeah. your source of knowledge there yeah you'd have to go to another source of knowledge if you wanted another opinion you're guiding uh someone who's a guardian someone that just learns about life on their own and then they they share their experiences with you for where you develop your own experiences yeah. The internet, you could just understand someone's experience of life or listen to it, and you can share your own instantly. Yeah, you have so the collective instant. knowledge of everybody. It's so instant, man. Like, I say, like, I was influenced by my parents and adults in my life, but I think I was also influenced by the internet oh growing my God. up, too, man. And, like, people, so don't realize, so. people don't realize how much they were influenced by the internet, but I completely acknowledge oh, it. Oh, man, dude. it's a huge part of who I am. Yeah, bro, it's crazy. I think my... My interest and ability to write, yeah, um, came from the internet. Like, so this is a little off topic, but we were talking about atheism before. Uh -huh. um, I was brought up very religious. I went to church every Sunday. Uh, when I was in sixth grade, seventh grade, I started going on this forum about Super Smash Bros. <laughs> Smash Bros. Internet forum, Smashboards.com, um, and there were like sub forums where people would just talk about you know other topics than mm -hmm. Smash Bros. And there was a debate about, like, whether God exists or not. It had, like, thousands of comments in it because that was a really big topic. And I just read that, and, like, it freaked me out at first. I didn't want to. Yeah. But, but the arguments that the atheists were making were so persuasive. And eventually I just kind of, like, that was really what made yeah. me an atheist. And think about it. it got me to question just other things, too. Yeah, dude, think about so it. So influential. How, like, you... When you're younger, like sixth grade, like whoever age you are, you are your brain is, is so malleable and moldable. Oh, yeah. And like most people just had adults in their life or experiences that shape them. But when you have the internet, you have an overload of ideas. So like you're looking at that and you're just being shaped like maybe that's a thought. But then you find a counter argument to that that's also good. So mm -hmm. in a way, it's easy to like develop certain thoughts and ideas. But at the same time... Um, it's very easy to, like, see one and, like, really be like, you know what? Like, I've never thought that way, and I probably may have never met that person ever in my life that shared that idea if it wasn't for the internet. Yeah, It's definitely. crazy the power it has, man. And I think it scares some people how much power it has. People that don't understand it, because people naturally fear what they don't understand. I mean, you can you can hear from totally, totally marginal, like, fringe viewpoints uh -huh. from the internet. Like, uh -huh. I mean, that's the whole thing with ISIS recruiting people is, yeah. You can be exposed to that without, like, you don't have to go to a fucking terrorist, <laughs> underground terrorist meeting yeah, in, no. in the world. Yeah. Like, you can just stumble upon yeah. something that leads you down a path on the, on the internet. You don't have to even move. <clears throat> and oh, you can man. be exposed to these ideas. 
Yeah, that I mean that just that is even more the power of it too. I mean, for something that'll be used for good, it will also be used for bad in the same way. Yeah, you know that's sure. the thing. I think that's the thing I I didn't realize was like growing up. I'm like, yo, like the internet is so much fun. Like I couldn't wait to get home from school and just go on my computer and use it. But I mean, there's that's just naturally with humanity. Just like you will you look at like Black Mirror, man, a show like that that like is um you know is very like predictive of the way that the future could be with technology it primarily focuses on like the bad things that could happen and the disadvantages of this future technology as well and the internet is just another invention that is futuristic because it's constantly evolving right so it's just like another one of those men yeah Fuck. i watched uh crocodile today oh, i haven't seen that one okay yet. all right so no spoilers no spoilers <laughs> for anyone that watched black mirror it was fucking good, man, but, um... The new season's been good. It's been good, yo. Was that a, a dark one, or was it more hopeful? It was dark as fuck. And it, it, was, it ended yeah. dark. Yeah, bro. Okay. It was dark as fuck, so There's been man. some hope this season. Yeah, I think... Some of the other episodes. I think that's good, too, but I... I kind of like the darkness, too, at the same time. I mean, I look at it like... I look at it as, when I talk about it to people, I'm like, this is the futuristic Twilight Zone. Yeah. Because what the show does is it shows you what uh, technology could potentially become 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the line. And it shows you, like, the worst part of it. Yeah. Like, what... what and it's not that much of a leap that they're making. It's really not that much of a leap, you know what I mean? It's not like in the... I don't know. The 30s, 20s, when George Orwell was writing, like, 1984 and stuff. It's not like... Like, that was a leap. He wrote that time. in the twenties. I don't. I don't know, man. Now don't, that I'm interested, don't quote me, man. All right, all right. Now that I'm interested, I really want to look it up and see. Yeah, when when, when was 1985? I think it might be the thirties or forties. Yo, I'm gonna predict 1949 because I'm pretty sure he wrote it then. 1980. He did write it in 1949. Oh, dude, nice. <laughs> wow. You know what? Holy that's recency though, because I definitely I remembered it in my head. But I mean, even for its time, that's kind of crazy because that's the end of World War II. So he was, like, yeah. thinking of how the world was going to evolve from that point on. Well, I mean, the 49, uh, a few years after the war, that you could already see kind of the, the roots of the modern era kind of coming mm-hmm. up. I mean, it wasn't like, like yeah. before World War II. Uh-huh. Or, like, okay, so it couldn't have been written in, like, 1915. Right. that was, like, th- there were no, it feels so foreign, like, before right, 1920. Right. right, right, right. It feels very foreign to us yeah. now. Like, the 20s, like, these themes were starting to take, take hold, like, sexual liberalization and, like, electricity and stuff. But right. before that, it was just totally... But you know where those themes started? The real new era of just humanity, I think, in general thinking this way? So I was... Uh, I'm going to, like, diverge for a second, but it relates back to that point. I was listening to Hardcore History yesterday. Have you ever heard that podcast with Dan Carlin? So yeah. he... Uh, I, it was um, it was like one of his four part podcasts. I don't remember the name of it, but basically he was talking about how people look at nine eleven as the era that changed like the world in regards to its view on terrorism. Mm-hmm. And he said, "I don't think that's the era. I think the era that changed the part of the world in regards to terrorism. And when I say in regards to terrorism, I say in regards to like." This whole idea and ideology about how like you know the government really has like a control on us and like it's not just about a fear of terrorism it has a lot to do with like restrictment of people's freedoms and that whole era of 
you know, not being able to trust the government, I think it stems back from 1914 with Gavillo Princep killing the Archduke. Because mm. if you think about that and the cause of events after that, he kills the Archduke Franz Ferdinand, starts World War One, mm-hmm. which if it, there's no World War Two if it's not for World War One. Right. And then there's no world, there's nothing that happens in the rest of the 20th century without World War Two, which leads to now. Yeah. So I, I uh, that just really, I that, that just really great. fascinated me thinking about that and how like, but like you said, like these ideas that George Orwell had by 1949, you could see them start to come into fruition. But, right. Right. By the f- 1915, 1920, they had not been developed yet at all. No, um, just wasn't there. But but going back to Black Mirror, like that's not really much of a leap at all. It's not. I think no. almost all, most of the stuff that they do there is like. You know, some of the episodes are a little more fantastical, like USS Callister and stuff. Yeah. Like, most of them, there's not any, like, imaginary technology. Yeah, yeah, It's just a a natural extension that would probably happen within a decade or two. Yeah, that's why, like, there's no, like, magic, you know what I mean? It's like something where, that's why it gets you all fucked up, because you look (laughs) at it and you're like... Huh, you look at it and then you're kind of looking at your phone and you're like, huh, oh shit. Yeah, this it's is like, kind of. Yeah, bro. And then. It's just taken to the extreme. I, I always, like, I always, whenever I see the videos of, you see these robots on the internet, like that Sophia AI, and then yeah. that one robot that, um, did you, you see the robot that does a straight backflip? That's mm-hmm. like backflipping. That's the Boston Dynamics, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Then that robot, that um. Was, is that who that is? Boston Dynamics. Robot abuse. Uh oh. Oh no. I'm not gonna get into that. Oh yeah, Atlas. Yeah, Atlas, yeah. Holy yeah. shit, man. This shit is fucking crazy. Dude, you have someone like Atlas and then you have fucking Sophia and then you have like even like home AIs like Alexa and shit like that. Right. Look at this thing. Jesus Christ, man. It can figure this out on its own. You you look at shit like this and we it, they're right now they're just circulating as videos on the internet. 2017, 2018. Yeah. And we're like, oh my God, like, look at this. This is crazy. Yeah, but we're yo, look back on this. But yo, we're going to, like, we're not taking it seriously now because all this shit is not out yet. But the world's 25, 30 years. My prediction is, like, there's going to be electric cars. It's going to be Tesla. And we're just going to be used to AI. You know what I mean? One thing that is not really a spoiler, I love how they slow mo the backflip. It's perfect backflip, too. <laughs> um, one thing um, that is interesting about. Uh, crocodile black mirror episode that oh shit and you see him flop too that I don't think is too far fetched is that they had uh, automatic pizza delivery truck so like oh that's they they're pull, already working on that that's what I'm saying they, they tested that in Domino's that's what I'm saying and that in, uh, this it was working in this episode I think it was and, in Detroit maybe really out of all places yeah, in the country maybe not but I, I think that was yeah. maybe Chicago probably one of, uh, just a big city for sure that's going to be, I mean, I did a lot of reports about AI this semester, mm-hmm. and one of the first things to go are going to be jobs like driving, and, uh, mm-hmm. well, driving is really kind of the best. And factory jobs, where we're watching fucking Atlas the Robot pick up a box and put it on a shelf. Right, Now, my yeah. news is a 10-pound box for sure, but you no longer need manpower to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bro, if I'm 70 years old, the fuck am I going to call my grandson to help me move? If I can just get one of these motherfuckers to yeah, do it. Yeah, right? Like, wait. That's the theme, though. We're not depending on each other anymore. Sensors in Atlas's legs and body help it to get up after it falls. If the grandson wants Jesus to know about... Jesus Christ, uh, dude. It just got up on his feet. 
the grandson wants to know about, I don't know, the 1950s, he doesn't have to ask his grandpa, he can just go on the internet. And if the yeah. grandpa needs help lifting something or, or learning about anything the kids are doing, then you just go on the internet too. We, we don't need each other for as much. We're going to no longer need human interaction. Well, well, that's the thing, that when we don't need each other for, for more practical things like information and tasks, we're going to need each other for just the emotional support because I think that's the one thing that's hard to replace with yeah, man. technology. Yeah, that's something that technology won't be able to recreate is the true, authentic human experience. They can get close. Right. They can get as close as they fucking want. And I'm, yes, I'm talking shit to you, artificial intelligence that is invented. You can get as close as you fucking want, but you won't <laughs> be like us, you motherfuckers. The human experience is authentic to me. Personally, there's no way you will ever be be able to recreate it. I used to tell that to Alexa, lucky, and then I didn't plug her from the wall. Oh no, shit, not really. Dude. That would have been a problem. But fuck, man. I mean, like, dude, AI kind of scares me. Like, people that anyone that genuinely knows me knows that it freaks me out a little bit, and like, yeah. justifiably so. Dude, we're looking at a robotic cheetah jumping over shit. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, kinda... uh, do you think this is something I've thought about? Do you think that? We're given, let's say, under the assumption that we live until as, like, the the human age uh, range stays about the same. We live to about, we're about, like, 80, right? Okay. Just as humans have throughout the past. When I'm 80 years old, when you're 80 years old, it's going to be 2075, right? Do you think Mm -hmm. we're going to just, like, our generation is going to die just when shit is about to really hit the fan in regards to global warming and AI becoming, like, really powerful? Mm. And not powerful, but really influential in society? Or do you think it's going to happen sooner than we think? Because I think, I think, I I say it like this, I think New York City is still going to be around our whole lifetime, but I think our grandkids they gotta figure. They're gonna have to figure out what to do with New York City, in regards to like going underwater. That's just an right. example. I mean, that's just yeah, that's just like the most um, readily available major city on a coast for us. That's what I'm saying. As New Yorkers, yeah. But there's, I mean, most cities are on the coast. Think about the that's whole country where of Bangladesh, bro. Yeah, whole country. Yeah, like, that's what is that? Like almost a billion people. Right, three hundred twenty million people, bro. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, it's less than I thought, but it's but such still, a tiny bro, area. Think about that. It's that the most dense. One hundred sixty-three million people. Oh, I thought it was three hundred twenty-five. All right, so one hundred sixty-three million people, which is still a shit ton of people. Yeah. Think of the mass. Look how small that is, bro. It's like the same size as Rhode Island. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so dense. Dude, the mass migration of all the people. And think, once it really comes underwater, let's say like the late 21st century, when there's probably even double that people, mm. the mass migration of those people is going to cause so much distress in this region of the country and probably the rest of the world. It's going to be a problem. Like right now, we're dealing with, with refugees that are escaping war-torn societies, but wait till they start coming to places that are torn up because of uh, rising sea levels. Then we're really going to be fucked. Yeah. Okay, so this Jesus. makes me think of the carbon bubble. Uh-huh. Have you heard anything about that? Um, no. Explain it to me. So this was uh, one of my professors gave a lecture on this topic. Oh. He's really, uh, he cares about it a lot. So the idea is this. So you take all the, um, all the stock markets and mm-hmm. all, all the economic, you know, in the world. Uh-huh. Um, and in all those markets, a large 
part of the wealth that uh -huh. supposedly lies in those markets is in um, carbon assets that have yet to be utilized. So like, really? for example, ExxonMobil, part of their stock's value comes from the fact that they have a lot of reserves that they haven't drilled yet. Yeah. And they haven't, like by definition, like they're not out of oil. Exxon is not out of oil. Otherwise yeah. they would be, they would have no value. But people buy but in. They, they buy it with the expectation that, that Exxon will right. continue to drill more right. oil. Yeah, yeah. And and, oh, and, and and when you when you buy an, any energy company, you assume like yeah. they have this many years where they're this much. Uh, now the problem is, um, if you actually look at all of the carbon assets that are accounted for in the markets, that that are people are paying for in the future, um, if you actually took that amount of carbon yeah. and used it yeah. for transportation and whatnot, and you burned it, um, the environmental impact of that would be catastrophic uh -huh. and so we're factoring all this carbon into our economy that we yeah. can't actually use without yeah. destroying the planet right and so it doesn't have a, it so basically either the the planet is going to be destroyed which you know it won't get to that point that's why it's the bubble though because yeah. at some point people are going to realize we can't use this carbon yeah. that we're assuming these companies have and so the markets will crash. That is going to be so devastating. It's All right, huge. so then it's, let me. It's hundreds of billions of Jesus, dollars worth man. of carbon that we can't use without destroying the earth. That makes sense on a philosophical level when you think of how stock markets work. Like, we're, right. like people bubble. are buying into like companies under this assumption that they have all these carbon resources, yeah. but eventually they're not going to have them, or they're gonna we're, they're gonna still have them, but they can't use them without completely demolishing the planet. Yeah. So let me let me uh, preface my question under that regard. Do you think this bubble is going to burst in our lifetime, our generation's lifetime, or do you think we're just going to make it? Well, I don't know. I don't know enough about it to say. Um, but what I will say is, I, I haven't heard this talked about. At, like it's really yeah. under the radar. I haven't heard um, this talked about it either. But my my professor seemed really concerned about it, and uh, I, honestly, it doesn't. It sounds like it would happen in our lifetime mm -hmm. if it was going to happen. And I don't know why this isn't a bigger deal. Because um, it really seems like something that um, more people would be talking about. But A more recent analysis made by Citi puts the figure of the carbon bubble at $100 trillion. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh, that's not good. Oh, my God. Oh, here we go, Obama. Um... In his speech announcing his denial of the proposal to build the Keystone Pipeline, which is now being built, right? Right. <laughs> Obama says, gave one reason for the decision. Ultimately, if we're going to prevent large parts of this earth from being not only inhospitable, but uninhabitable in our lifetimes, we're going to have to keep some fossil fuels in the ground. Yes. Holy Yo, shit. Okay. Oh, man. Straight up. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's the, the point. And, and sorry, oh! the, that leads to the other question is that... Most of the people uh -huh. uh, who are either investing or running these companies are older. Mm -hmm. Once they get to these positions of power and they're older, and so for them, maybe th they could very well be aware of this. Yeah, but they but don't see them, the value. They don't see the value. Right, they're going to die. Yeah. And even if they do die, their descendants will have so much money, they'll be able to uh, insulate themselves from any effects of this. Right. But uh, And yeah. so, so that you take the money and run, essentially. Yeah. Uh, you allow the bubble to, to build up, even though you know that it can't 
Fuck, man. It can't actually... The value can never be realized. Well, that's a good point to see their perspective in it. You know, the people that are in charge of Exxon, yeah. like Rex Tillerson, and like just people among... People similar to him in his stature of position and power. Because it's like, yeah, dude, like, if you're, like, 72, bro, and, like, you know, like, you got problems getting an erection and shit, you're just, like, yeah, pissed I, off I, in yeah. life. And you're like, fuck, dude, let me get my money. Fuck the rest of humanity. I'm gonna die, and my grandkids will be aight. And everyone yeah. else is gonna have to deal with it. Like... It's, hard. it's unfortunate, but it's like... It's hard to argue. It, it's hard to see their... Like, it, it's hard to agree with the perspective, but if you are them, you kind of look at it from a logical standpoint. It's like, yeah. Dude, this graph of the carbon bubble got me a little fucked up because this says that of all our known reserves of coal, uh, coal, coal oil, and natural gas, we had 2.795 billion tons. And fuck, dude, we only have... Under estimates, 565 billion tons of CO2 left. The remaining carbon budget. This is how much the CO2 can be emitted until 2050 and still give a reasonable chance of staying below 2 degrees Celsius of global warming. So, okay, so maybe this is what we have now and this is, like, the limit. I'm saying I'm thinking in tons. This is this is all the carbon that's known about and accounted for. So so companies do probes and they figure out this how much oil is here. Uh Um, and, and so, so all the known oil reserves are owned yeah. uh, by one okay. company or another, and that's all this. Yeah. This is the amount that can actually be used without having catastrophic consequences. Oh, so it's shit. it's not. It's, there's a big disparity there. Jesus, man. But um, Fuck, dude, I look. I just hope. <sighs> so yeah, that's it's pretty scary. I do, I mean, is it? It might be you know ignorant or lazy of me to say this, but I, I hope we're not. Our generation isn't the generation that survives to have to deal with the carbon bubble because I don't know what the fuck to do. Like, how do you like prevent something Nobody like this? Does. How do you reverse it? Is it possible? Or do you just put all your money or do you just sell out from all the carbon and put all that money into SpaceX to go inhabit another fucking planet? To really inhabit Mars? Because like, that's really the possibilities you have. It's like you either run out of resources or you got to go somewhere else. And what's right. going to hit first? Not a human on planet Earth knows. Maybe Elon Musk fucking knows. But not a single human on planet Earth knows whether we're going to be able to properly, like I'm talking legitimately, inhabit another planet and breathe oxygen there to bring the rest of the human race there or if all the resources on planet Earth are going to be depleted first. And before regardless, we can do that. Before we can do right. that. And if that happens first, who knows... Like that could be the end of humanity. There's you know a, what I mean? There's a term for that, right? Like the, um, the point at which we don't have enough resources left to, yeah. to get to another planet. Yeah, the point of being fucked, bro. Uh, there's a name. <laughs> I think it's the uh, the point of no return. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I, there is. That is a real term. Um, but yeah, it's just like the the classic debate for the individual is like. Like, you look at this huge problem that seems uh, impossible to solve and might be impossible to solve, and given that, do you just say, hey, I'm going to try to live the best life I can now, yeah. and, and there's nothing we can do? Uh, or do you say, I'm going to do, I'm going to give up things and try to solve this problem? And yeah. it's impossible to answer the question. And I think that's a lot to do with how people have different beliefs. It's just, should we try to fix these impossible-to-fix problems? Yeah. At our own expense, mm-hmm. or should we just try to shield ourselves from the problem, and that's the best we can do? Now, are these pro- problems impossible to fix, or are they 
like, is it inevitable that it's inevitable we'd probably run out of resources, right? But we can prevent how long we're going to if we all, in a hypothetical situation, we all banded together and consolidated how much resources we used as if in the possible situation that there was no uh, disparity in human in human wealth in human health. And we're all kind of like the same where we're like, all right, we all have the same amount of allocated resources and we all have to consolidate how much we use. We could probably extend how many resources we use, but right. that's not, that's an unrealistic way that the way the world works, the way that people work. Right. So exactly. Do you want to live your life? Well, it's the same thing as like, do you want to live your life worrying about that? Or do you want to live your life internally trying to make the best life for yourself? Because right. I was talking to, um, I was talking to somebody recently about how we like, we ha almost have this moral obligation to try to make humanity better for the generations that don't live yet. And I think never any time in human history have we had an understanding about this concept among a bunch of people than now. You know what I mean? That right. the importance of like global warming, yeah, like it means a lot to me because like, yeah, like it's fucking cold as shit outside, bro. This is definitely an effect of it a little bit. Like I even, I asked my parents, I was like, yo, like, was it ever this cold when you were growing up? And they were, of course, they were like, yeah, like, it was cold, but, like, this is bad. You know what I mean? If you look yeah. at records, it's really, like, never been this cold during some winters. The and records are being pushed both ways. That's what I'm saying. The hot that's the what I'm saying. Cold. That's the effects of global warming. So I look at it like, yeah, it's affecting me, but, like, shit like sea levels rising or shit that I have to worry about inhaling and stuff. Yeah. That's not really directly influencing me yet. But I know if I decide to have children and they decide to have children... Those children are going to have to deal with severe consequences of global warming that our yeah. generation, that older people in our generation are ignorant about. Right. So it's like, do you go on living your life just focusing on yourself? Or do we have this moral obligation to really try to fix the world that we live in now so, human gener so future generations can succeed? Or do we invent artificial intelligence that can just do it for us? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think... For almost for the vast majority of people, at least in America, the answer is uh, the second thing. You you try to do your best for yourself. Individuality. I think that's what we're all doing. Because uh, we're all we. There's so much individuality in this country. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the the amount of resources that we're using. Like, it, if you really wanted to fix the problem, you wouldn't use that many resources. Yeah. I think it's like the the tacit agreement that we're just yeah. gonna do that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. It's... Fuck, dude. It's difficult. Should we end on that? Well, we could have a lighter... A lighter conversation to I end know. it out, you know? That shit yeah. just hit me really something, deep. But, something dude, light. That's like... That's like some <laughs> shit that we really need to worry about, man. Fuck, man. I mean, like, I say that now. Like, it's some shit we really need to worry about. You know? Maybe we don't. Like, there's some people that really want to live their own life, you know, individually and say, you know what, because... My experience is subjective to me, and, you know, you may feel sympathy for future generations or people now that are suffering effects of, you know, lack of resource or, like, poor resource allocation, but, you know, you still got to go on and live your life as an individual because this is the life that you're given. As far as we know, it's the only one that you have. Yeah, you that's know? the thing, so. too. You don't know. There's no guarantee that... Uh you'll get anything else than this. That's so what I'm that. saying. I mean, that definitely took a little bit of turn towards being abstract, but you know what I mean. For like, sure, yeah. You know what I mean. Fuck, dude, you know? 
Oh, this crazy Guardian article I just clicked on. Says Earth, Earth will expire, expire by 2050. 2050. I, dude, we're supposed to be 55 by that it's age. It's not that old. It's not that old, bro. It's not that old. I mean, honestly, it's forced to colonize 250. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's possible. If you look at the rate yeah. though, that we use resources, right? If you look at the rate um, now, we probably use... We probably used up more resources in the past 10 years since 2008 to 2018 since, like, 1988 to 2008. You know what I mean? Like, each year is getting exponentially bigger how much we use resources. So I mean, we use not the whole sense. world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I, it, it is exponential. As it's the, the, it's the, uh, the J-curve. Right, right. And that's the thing. Nothing, if you look at all other examples in history and in nature, like, whenever there's a J-curve, uh -huh. it doesn't last. It can't last. Yeah. Exponential growth is always unsustainable. Because human population is a positive feedback loop. When you have more people, uh -huh. you're going to have more people as a result of having more people. Yeah, so yeah. there's no feed... There's nothing that stops that loop. And unless there... I mean, it's just... It, it can't go on. It's impossible. Um, Fuck, man. But anyway, I was trying to think of a, a lighter topic to... Yeah. You know, kind of like the, the dessert... Or the, the mouthwash of the podcast. Just... Dude, the mouthwash is that, like, we're fucking fortunate to be able to live in an area of planet Earth where, like, we're able to freely discuss these things. Yeah. Because think of the people that, like, have poor... Like, think of people in slums in certain countries that are third world. And this is still kind of on, like, a negative light. Right. But, like, I kind of look at it as, like... Good mouthwash is being grateful. Like, we're grateful that we have literal mouthwash. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, certain countries, like, they can't they can't spend time thinking about this. They don't have, the, like, the, the proper knowledge to be able to think about, you know, like, running and depleting resources or, like, the real severe effects of global warming over time. It's pure survival. But, dude... Yeah, like, they have to purely survive on living every day, and they don't the, understand. The ability to contemplate whether the world's going to end or not is a privilege. Dude, it really is a privilege, like... We, we, our individual needs have been met to the extent yeah. that we can spend time thinking about other things that aren't our individual yeah. needs to survive. Yeah, it's like, That's in, cool. in certain situations, like, there are certain days I wake up, and I, I, it goes without saying, I'm like, all right, I have food to eat today, I have clothing to keep me warm, I have yeah. shelter. Like, it goes without saying that I have those things. So, I, like, I don't know, dude, it's just important to be grateful for that, because... For all we know, like, we're, we're alive now, and I damn well would rather be alive now than fucking 1918. That's a fact. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the quality of life is just, uh... Oh, dude, I mean, like, it's dude, just a lottery, really. Dude, we, we really... won the lottery. Like, we we were born now in New York. It's a biological lottery, bro. So, like, m most living beings yeah. have pretty shitty lives. Like, most animals and people are, are much worse off. Yeah. Fuck, dude. So in terms of, if you're looking at all of human history mm -hmm. and the whole world, we're in, like, the, the top point zero zero one percent of yeah. living conditions. Dude, it so really is really... the biological lot. That's, like, a proper way to describe, like, people in fortunate situations, you know what I mean? That's what I mean, like, I... I don't know, like, whenever I think about my future and, like, what my career goals are, like, if I, I think about, like, 
forty or fifty thousand dollars a year, and like yeah. I would be very happy with that. Yeah. Just like indefinitely. Yeah. Because I recognize that like, if I have like a, a lower middle class life, uh. that's still, like, the top echelons of living beings that have existed like you get the one of the best lives but the country we even live at in, that low quote-unquote salary no i see i see what you're like, saying i totally hear you awesome. i 100 hear you the country we live in though pushes this agenda of and any true capitalistic society does where it's like not like don't settle yeah growth don't settle growth growth, growth and keep expand. working because if you don't keep working that's not the society doesn't run like that but you right. have tons of people that you know don't think that way and then maybe it brings on like certain personality traits that they otherwise wouldn't think if they lived in if they grew up in a whole nother situation you ever sometimes think like yo what if i grew up as a teenager in in fucking poland or some shit you hmm. know and somewhere else what if i grew up as a teenager in south korea what if i grew up as a teenager in indonesia or something like a different place how would the way that the country and the society is set up there affects your growth as a human being certainly we're predisposed at birth i think to have certain genetic things right. that, that that shape the way we are and shape who we are as people but there's a lot more that influences us subconsciously and it does it and i think living in the country that you do definitely does to an extent i think that's a huge part of it yeah i think that's like a very huge part of it and then like within the country there's your yeah family and stuff but like yeah yeah i mean it's it's impossible. It's like, I think your personality would be totally different if you yeah. grew up in a different culture. Fuck, man. Like, there's nothing about it that's particularly yeah. specific to you. Yeah, no, there's nothing. No. you as an American or you as a Polish person. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, though, because I can think of, like, people that grew up in America. I'm like, they have similar mindsets that are shaped by this American influence. But then there's also people that grew up in, like, New York that have that influence and then there's people that grew up in new york city and then people that grew up outside of new york city and the people grew up in the suburbs of new york city yeah and it's crazy how like i don't know i think it all stems back to like tribal influence because like we're all a lot part of a big tribe but at the same time like we all have these little tribes yeah that we're a part of too subdivisions (laughs) exactly dude fuck man i don't know if that's a a lighter note but it's not as yeah, deep I'm as really trying to think of a lighter shit. note here, and I'm, I'm not doing so well. Um, I think that investing in marijuana is a good idea right now. Yes, I agree with that. Because, like, when we were talking about Jeff Sessions the other night, yeah. the more I think about it, like, I don't, I think it's too, too late to stop it. I think it's just yeah. the momentum is in its yeah. favor, and it's going to become legal. Like Yeah, pretty- no, all, yeah, yeah, all in all... When I see articles and I see, um, you know, reports like Jeff Sessions is trying to override state authority in regards to marijuana laws, I, like, read it in in disdain. I'm like, fuck that. You know what I mean? But ultimately, I'm like, yo, like, the momentum. Bro, California was the fucking stronghold. Once it really, I mean, it was always been lenient in California, but once it was good to go and legal in California, that was holy uh, shit. That's it. That that was a game changer. Recreational. That was like recent in California, right? Recreational was the the twenty sixteen election. It was voted le- legal. So January first implemented January first twenty eighteen. Not even a week ago. I mean, look, it's been as far as I know. I've been there, but only for like a weekend. 
it's very um it's very lenient there you know what i mean they're very lenient but now it's completely legal and you got to think dude the gdp there is like top 10 in the world in okay that that's state. the thing the the states that do it it benefits them Oh, it, dude. That, that, it, the, that's the thing. That's why I don't think it can be stopped because it's an objectively good policy. But, bro, what I'm saying is that the GDP of this, this state is the, the, in the top 10 of the entire world. And before they legalize, before they make, can make money off taxing marijuana. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. So, like, think about that. The momentum is too strong. And, you know, Jeff, once, if a, a, a different president gets elected in 2020, Jeff Sessions is going to be out anyway. So the weird thing is, like, I was going to say, I was at a Thanksgiving with my mom's boyfriend's family. And in their family, there are two groups of the family. There's a lot of them are kind of like redneck conservatives. Uh, they hunt and stuff. Yeah. They, they fish. And then there's a couple of the family members are like, very wealthy conservatives from like oh, Connecticut. Oh yeah. And I was hanging out with some of like the yeah. like sixteen to twenty five year olds of yeah. the family uh-huh. from both of those two groups. Yeah. And they all like smoking weed. Yeah, bro. And so it's just like who doesn't want weed to be yeah. legalized? You know, it's like a lot of conservatives, like almost all liberals, like uh, uh, Fuck, dude, it's 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 starting I'm hopeful. Yeah, bro, I'm I'm definitely hopeful, but I, I like anyone who opposes it at this point like, you got to give them the big middle finger, yo, because it's like, yeah. at this point, like, you just, anyone who opposes weed, <laughs> yeah, like it, anyone who opposes weed just needs to get high, bro. Just <laughs> fucking get high. Like, stop stressing out and just get high. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I understand the whole thing, like, oh, bro, like, you know, like, well, no, no, anyone that says, that prefaces something, oh, yo, bro, like, they probably already smoked. But I get the whole <laughs> argument against, like, yo, it can cause paranoia and cause you to go crazy. We're not living in the 1930s anymore. People are woke. People know the deal. People know that drugs can be really bad for you. Even drugs, even psychedelics. You do a lot of them, they can be unhealthy for you. Yeah, but one thing that, even even smoking pot, even really smoking a lot of weed. And you know what? I almost want to ban saying pot from my vernacular. This is my claim. I'm saying on my own podcast right now. You will never see me. And if I slip up and do it, you have the right to call me out and say, yo, you, you fucked up. I don't want to call marijuana pot anymore because I think pot is what it was used to be labeled as something bad. You know what I mean? You I think, think so. of pot and yeah. you think of like, oh, like you're smoking pot. Like, yeah, man, like someone you think of your crack. mom. Like, Fuck that. It's not like pot. pot in here. Smoking weed. Smoking smoking marijuana. Weed isn't great either, but it's yeah. so it's like the default term. I just don't have the brain power to say marijuana all the time. Yeah, it's too long. Like weed is catchy. It's like smoking weed. Bro. Weed is catchy, yo. My my whole point is that. <laughs> You you look at it, and even smoking weed religiously is bad for you because it can cause lack of motivation. But if you, you know, use it in moderation and you really use it to look within yourself, it can really do wonders. I mean, dude, there's times where I'm stressed out. And some people, you know, you want to smoke weed and you want to relax, and it definitely does that for you. But there's some times where you, you smoke weed, man, and... It really brings everything that's in the back of your head to the forefront, and it makes you look at them from an objective point of view, not emotion. Like, this is, like, I've been stressed out, and I've smoked, and I everything that has been stressing me out came to the front. And I've been stressed out because I'm like, well, how do I, what do I do? How do I handle the situation? And everything will come to the front and say, Nick, you got to do this, I, and then do that. It and always guides th- It's just, it, it really guides you instinctually, and there's something about it that... 
you know what? I like to think that we have free will, but I also like to think that everything happens for a reason. And I like to think maybe in this earth, it's a mix of both. Maybe in life, in consciousness, it's a mix of both that happens to you. But there's something about weed that is connected to the spiritual part of humanity. And a lot of people understand that. And it's it's inhumane to take that away from people. And it is. We, yo, legalize weed in New York 2020. Let's <laughs> go. Let's go. Let's bring it. All I'm, I'm saying is uh, a- uh, Andrew Cuomo probably wants to run for president. And the next Democratic candidate is going to support legalizing weed. I think so next, I think yeah. New York is going to be soon. Yeah. There's going to be a push, and it's going to be awesome. But yo, we got through California, bro. All we need is Illinois and Texas and New York, and that's it. Well, that's all we really country. need is New York, bro. Yeah. All we really need is New, New York. York is like the linchpin. It's- Massachusetts is big time. People, Massachusetts is low-key, yeah. Massachusetts yeah. is legal. People don't realize. Like, you, you can be in Boston and smoke weed. Holy People shit. don't realize. Since... Um, Massachusetts got voted on in the 2016 election, too. Hmm. Yeah. I think they didn't roll it out yet, either. They probably did it. I was I was in Boston over the summer. I didn't hear anything about it or really notice anything. Um, but, yo, shout out to knows? Colorado and Oregon for taking stepping out of the comfort zone and, like, yo, we're doing it. Yeah. They were the first ones. They were the first and they ones. They were rewarded That's with what I'm economic growth and better... All right. So Living we got conditions. Me- so. Let's see. Marijuana legalized for recreational use. Oh, yeah. Maine. Maine also. Oh, the law took effect. Oh. There you go. In Massachusetts. Well, I don't remember great. when. I want to say it was sometime soon. Um, many of the medical medical states. Damn, dude. Texas is just, it's just straight illegal, man. That's a big populous state. Huge. So yeah. many people there just... Yeah, I mean, dude, if you got a drug that is illegal medicinally wise, you gotta think for a second. Why the fuck would they legalize it for medicinal use? Like, you can't stage it and compare it to heroin if it's legal for medicinal use in certain places. It just makes me sad when you look at like you look at certain places like like Idaho. Like, uh-huh. I bet it would be really nice to smoke weed in Idaho. That's what I'm saying. But you can't do it. No, nah, but you can smoke it. A hundred feet across the border in Oregon, if you wanted to, which probably True. looks exactly the same. Oh, I didn't realize Nevada legal too, and Alaska. And oh Maine. yeah! Wow! Wow! Cool! Nice, dude. Well, we're making moves. Want to cut it there? Yeah, yo, I think that's a good way to end it. Yeah, yeah. Connor, thanks for being on, bro. It's been a pleasure. Of course, dude. You'll definitely be on again for sure. Um, yeah. So again. Thanks to everyone listening. Shout out to everyone who like supports me just doing something that I think is really cool. You know that I enjoy doing. Um, I'm trying to put out once a week. <clears throat> I'm really I I uh, don't like to make excuses in my life. I do have the time to do it. I just have poor time management skills. So that's the way I'm gonna put it. Um, so expect more podcasts. Oh, don't be so hard on yourself. You don't got that much time, dude. Oh, thanks, bro. You, you don't got that much free yeah, time. Yeah, but like, you, you know what? two jobs, man. Yeah, but you know what, bro? This is something I want to do, and you know what? I'm motivated, and you know, like, I just, I'll work on my time management skills and get more out and get this bitch on iTunes podcast, because that'll be lit. That's lit. You just go on the podcast. All right, yo. Um, nothing much else to say, but, you know, I hope everyone has a good night. And a good day, whatever time you're listening to it. All right, I'm done talking. Peace.